No, don't, okay. don't press <laughs> that. Do not touch. You the will button. fuck it up. <laughs> Was that necessary? The cough to check your levels? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Go on. <coughs> so, should we start? I feel I'm just going to try and keep us on track. <laughs> yeah, please, because yeah. my brain is not really here. Okay, excellent. How do I keep us on track? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what, what do we do first? Uh, Eight-word summary of the movie that we're going to be reviewing. So... My eight-word summary is lovely man, lovely message, just plain old lovely. Aww. Anna? Lovely, lovely <laughs> man with puppets. Mine? <laughs> well, I feel like mine fits in pretty well with the general sentiment. Wholesome, lovely man is the best of us. So the movie that we're talking about is Won't You Be My Neighbour? And it's also in contention for being the best documentary at the Oscars, we think. The list is going to come out in a few days, so we don't officially know, but it's got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and everyone seems to love it as much as we do. Yeah. And it's all about this TV show in America where the host was called Mr. Rogers. I'm making a bit of a ham job of this because I didn't know about it until we started watching the documentary. Yeah, this is one of those weird things where... I now don't live in the States and realized that my thinking was very US-centric because I was really excited for this documentary to come out and see it. And I was asking people around here, including you two, <laughs> about, oh, do you want to see the Mr. Rogers documentary? And you were like, who? Who? Is in Roger Rabbit? Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my question. Like, did Roger Rabbit get his name from this? Oh, yeah. Is he being framed again? <laughs> <laughs> So this will be kind of a recap for people who didn't grow up with Mr. Rogers, but Mr. Rogers had a television show in the United States, mainly in the 70s, and he took breaks like here and there. But it was a lovely children's television show where he played himself basically speaking about how to be a nice person and kind to your neighbors and make friends and that everyone is special the way they are. And just on the whole, a very nice, lovely man. So the documentary is just... Yeah, about him and how the television show got made and who he was as a person and if that really aligned with who he presented himself as in the TV show. But yeah, thoughts on film as people who did not grow up with Mr. Rogers. What was it like seeing this person who was just a bundle of lovely energy? I think because not growing up with him, I looked at the documentary kind of like critically because he doesn't seem real so there is almost that kind of like I don't is it the times we live or like every kind of like scandal that has come out now from beloved tv people from the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s are we just so desensitized that we can't see people as actually good so I was constantly waiting that, okay, when is the dark secret going to come out? There must be something wrong with him and he's just too happy. So he must have, yeah, a weird something. dungeon somewhere or like, <laughs> it's, yeah, 
it it's hard to believe that someone could actually then be so happy, which yeah. kind of makes me sad. Yeah. That you honestly, like, that is my mind, like, that's the first thing that my mind thinks of, is, like, there must be something wrong with him. Yeah, I can imagine you're waiting for, like, the Me Too mo- Yeah, moment the big reveal the is, like... Where it's, like, But oh, he had a dark secret. Yeah, he's actually terrible. And yeah. Yeah. Although, Punched puppies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although it wasn't even... I wasn't even waiting for a dark secret. I was just waiting for a human slip up. There was nothing. <laughs> like, honestly, he was perfect. And I was saying halfway through that I was surprised I wasn't being sick because it was just so lovely. But I think he came with like a real heart about it that you do manage to believe. But now looking back at it already, I'm like, but really? Can he be that nice? As far as we know, he actually is. The whole documentary is basically testimonials from people around him being, this is how he was lovely to me, and this is how he was lovely to me. And just through his entire life, how he was just preaching kindness in his words and in his actions. Yeah, what was interesting, like, he, what they show clips about, like, from the episodes that he did, that he got a, like, he showed a lot of, like, controversial stuff. And I yeah. found that that was quite, like, really interesting that it was allowed to be shown at that time in TV. Like, when segregation was still going on, him washing his feet with... Officer with a yeah. yeah. Yeah, just discussing about assassination and, like, death and, like, heavy stuff for kids and still being allowed to do it and have that kind Mm. of dignity to it and not like scaring kids and not scaring parents and he wasn't even just being controversial to like american it was also very much against bible as well because like washing your feet with someone is often used in the bible Mm. and then yeah talking about divorce and for someone who was gonna be a priest it's very interesting that he went on to do this tv show and did kind of preaching using the same morals, but his own, I thought that was really great. I had all this nostalgia wrapped up in watching the movie, and I remember watching the show and enjoying it, but it was also something that you made fun of. You enjoyed the show, but as kids you also, especially once you're kind of young teen, I would say, you get to the point where you start making fun of him. That was the thing that happened, because it is kind of a, he cannot be that nice, just like, oh, it's man who walks in and sings like and puts on a cardigan and <laughs> talks about just being nice to each other and how can this really be true but and I'm the documentary my teenager yeah exactly so i have this. to lash out at everything that could be good in the world because i'm sad like <laughs> <laughs> but the documentary really kind of takes you out of whatever disconnect you have when you start growing up and you become cynical and you think oh he can't really be this lovely at least for me, since he was part of my childhood, bringing me back to, oh, he actually is that nice. And that is the message that he was always preaching in life. Uh, So you talked about waiting for a human moment. And I feel like there were human moments in a way, but they weren't necessarily with him on screen. They were with the animations, actually, that they did alongside that were kind of, they almost seem like paper stop motion in a way, but a digital version of it. And it was very clearly acting out his kind of own internalized fears from other people's perspectives of them kind of speculating what he thought about and where his kind of energy came from. I think that was quite humanizing to kind of go back and see, well, who was he before he was the Mr. Rogers? Like, what shapes 
a person into that Mm -hmm. and you see all these kind of insecurities manifested in this very kind of I don't want to say cartoonish but it is like an animated way where you see this the tiger that was kind of his puppet persona on the show becoming scared in certain situations or he was being bullied and he felt ostracized and those being that being the manifestation of Mr. Rogers actual fears in real life that was kind of the human moment it just wasn't with humans well that's how he would have told it as well it was kind of nice being an adult and being explained everything to me in such a simple terms that I was (laughs) like okay I get it the tiger's sad and he's sad (laughs) like we need that sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah I did like the the animation parts because it brought that kind of I don't want to say darkness but that kind of like kind of raw emotion what the scenes from the show didn't really bring it was a nice balance for that all and I think that that's also what makes makes the documentary more appealing to someone who hasn't grown up with because I don't have that nostalgia yeah and because it is just it's so sweet that you want (laughs) to cry constantly Yeah. yeah And I think if, if it wouldn't have that rawness, what mm-hmm. the cartoon or the animation brings, it would be just too sweet. And then it would be like mm-hmm. kind of even like maybe even repelling or kind of like, Ugh, yeah, yeah. like that's too much. Sentimental. Yeah. 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 It felt like, too, the animations were almost the documentary's version of making a Mr. Rogers show about Mr. Rogers, if that makes any sense. Like if Mr. Rogers had ever made a topic show that was Mr. Rogers, that would be those animations. They have a darkness and an edge to them because they're real and honest, but it's still for kids, so it's still an animation and he's still kind of distanced himself by he is the tiger. But it felt like the documentary's own way of trying to tell the story of Mr. Rogers in a way Mr. Rogers would tell the story, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if anyone else got that vibe. I think, yeah, because your first question was, as two people who didn't grow up with him, how did we connect with it? And like we were saying last week with Free Solo, the fact that it's something that we don't necessarily know a lot about, but we're still engaged with it, therefore the documentary's won. This was a man I know nothing about and I was engaged with it. Again, the documentary's won. So I think because they explain it to you on such a base kind of Mr. Rogers level, then yeah, I definitely think that it, yeah, it was, it was lovely. I think actually my favorite thing about the documentary though was watching Sam watch the documentary because <laughs> yeah. I could just see your face being like, oh, the feelings, yeah. the memories. That yeah. was really lovely. It was kind of that intense, like, oh yeah, I remember he did this and oh, that was really sweet and wow, that was deep. I don't know if I completely understood like well obviously I didn't understand completely what he was doing as a kid Mm. but you still appreciate the honesty because I think he is or at least probably one of the first people to ever be honest with children like that on tv most people kind of sugarcoat things like that and and don't even discuss some something yeah discuss things like death yeah because it's not worth it yeah or like 9-11 or and you see later like sesame street doing they did some of that as well like episodes on divorce and things like that but it came after i just think there's something really unique about this adult just sitting there and saying i will explain this to a kid and i will relate to them and oh yeah that thing is scary but here is how we deal with it like acknowledging a child's feelings in a way, like I think he even says in one of the interviews on the 
documentary that kids feelings and their emotions are just as valid and we forget that sorry um i was just laughing at you because i was remembering something about sesame street because they've got their first ever homeless character but then i was like but oscar the grouch has been living in a bin this whole time like this poor man nobody ever knew just so you know i wasn't laughing at you oh thanks it was another realm okay glad to know you pay attention to me yeah definitely i think my question about this film would be, in terms of Mr. Rogers' kids' show, do you think something like that, would it be possible to make it today? Because I feel, especially with how we treat kids and the TV and books and just culture that kids consume, it's so much sweeter than like it used to be and so much more like sugar-coated, hard edges off it. So do you think something like Mr. Rogers either exists today and you have an example or would be possible to exist today. I feel like a person like Mr. Rogers wouldn't probably make it in the entertainment. I, I feel that he's just too nice for the entertainment industry at that this moment. Because mm. it is all about reality shows and, and like fast-paced kid shows. And <sighs> although I don't have a lot like very solid ground to stand on because I grew in the 90s. The kid shows now are a lot tamer. Yeah. <laughs> they suck now. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't scar you in the same way like Watership Down does. <laughs> Which got remade. I will be not watching that. <laughs> you don't want to be re-scarred. No. <laughs> no, honestly. I, I actually, I saw an interview where James McElroy was talking about talking about because he does one of the voices in that netflix series he was saying like that is his one of his favorite books and he loved the movie because it scarred him for life and like (laughs) it has like suffer for your art because it has like suicidal bunnies and (laughs) cannibalism like if you haven't seen it don't (laughs) (laughs) do not recommend no no if you don't want to be scarred it's yeah not worth it don't stay for the credits don't stay for the opening scene just don't no 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 do you think that mr rogers would exist i don't know i mean i feel like i should have looked this up but i don't even know if pbs still shows him anymore because they used to show his reruns but yeah i don't know if they still do he got into television at the very beginning it feels like and he kind of did everything himself and that for sure that method is not possible anymore no everything's made by committee exactly i don't know if it would be possible through the same route like on television but it might be possible on maybe this is naive but it might be possible like on the internet like on youtube and things like that because that is the avenue where you have so much control and i don't know if it would become popular in the same way but he was adored by kids and adults yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the internet now is where kind of niche things can thrive in a way that they can't on television. So maybe it is possible for something to exist like that, just not on TV anymore. Mm. Or like a platform like Netflix or some yeah. kind of like streaming platform. Because yeah. TV has so many channels. And in the States, you have the cable. Like you have cable. Yeah. And, like, and so- things have to be profitable kind of from the beginning and I think that's probably in part why he was successful as he was on PBS I don't 
he he didn't start out on PBS, but I don't I don't know if the channel he was on turned into PBS or or however that kind of logistically worked in the 50s. But I think it's easier for something like that to exist on a channel or a platform that is not supported by advertising or driven by advertising because then you can kind of, at least in part, keep your own values and do things the way you want to do it. Yeah, and also because nowadays there's so much competition already, like you could have the backing of a company, you could have the funds, you could have the studios, everything. But there is also probably 50 other Shows that have the same hey, resources. Listen, you want Mr. Rogers, okay? <laughs> yeah, and he was born in the, like he did in the 50s. Yeah. So, because kids don't find TV programs, parents find the programs, and normally, I, I assume parents, like, I sh- yeah, they should be the ones who choose the programs for the, the smallest kids, kind of, like yeah. pre-select. So if it's something the parents don't find interesting, so I think in, like, in the 50s, they probably weren't that many programs for kids yeah there's not that much to choose from yeah so you have so much less competition kind of do what you want yeah once you have an established platform then it's easier to stay yeah i would hope another mr rogers would come around but i think he's a pretty unique guy and it just in terms of like the documentary seeing it as a piece of film i did really enjoy it i thought the animation was impressive it was very well put together but it's it, it still was quite tame in terms of like cinematics and things like that. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a very like classical, normal documentary yeah. format. It has the the one-on-one interviews, it has the animation clips, and it has the, like the old footage interviews mm-hmm. with Rogers. So it in like the form of the like the documentary, it is very traditional. Yeah. It doesn't do anything anything special, but if you think like I, I don't really think that it has to do because it's just the message that it's telling is so wholesome yeah so it doesn't have to rely on kind of like breaking the form and doing something that's out of the ordinary yeah because yeah. he wasn't I mean the show wasn't breaking the form or being edgy in the sense of its own cinematics it wasn't its message mm. for sure I in certain ways that- but it was Breaking Boundaries, though, so I think the fact that the documentary was so conventional was a little bit against what he was doing. No, I mean Breaking Boundaries in the sense of how it looks. So he's using puppets, mm. and it's single camera. There aren't a lot of effects or anything. Yeah. It wasn't groundbreaking in the technological sense. He used a simple method of storytelling to tell a complex thing. So I think the documentary kind of does the same thing. Yeah, it kind like, of re- reflects it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a simple documentary, but we're going to tell, in a lot of ways, an extraordinary story of this guy who you kind of can't believe exists, but does, and then go from there. The unicorn that is Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm very glad that the documentary exists. I'm very happy that I watched it, but in terms of, I don't think it will stick with, the message will stick with me, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers will stick with me, and maybe that's their aim and that's all, but um, the documentary itself is very conventional. Yeah. So, just because we're talking about it in terms of Oscar running, between the kind of visceral experience of watching Free Solo, and then this, like, I, I do think that my and bet would be on free solo yeah yeah thinking about the oscars i 
I kind of think that Mr. Rogers would could be pre solo because mm-hmm. it plays to the nostalgia and it is an American award show. Yeah, and the people who are voting are in the age group that grew up prime Mr. Rogers time. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about with the free solo, because it, yeah, visually it was really like amazing with all the the shots of the mountains and everything. But would it be as amazing if you would watch it on your own TV at home? Mm. You say that of a lot of films though. For instance, um, the one that I would recall would be Dunkirk. I don't think I would have had such a visceral experience. <laughs> Story for another time. If I'd seen it at home. I think also because when you're in the cinema, you are like focused on it. So maybe it's unfair to compare without having both seen in a cinema. And that would have been my preferred method. I think emotionally I was as engaged with Free Solo and the kind of relationship within that story as I was with Mr. Rogers and his relationship with the viewer and the kids he was mm-hmm. talking to. Yeah, I think as well, obviously the filming techniques and what they had to do for Free Solo are much more technically difficult and a lot more thought has to go into that filming. But I don't think it was unique if you compare it to sports documentaries or adventure documentaries or outdoor documentaries. The same thing kind of like, oh, we have a drone shot and this looks very cool and there's a guy on the ground with a camera and, you know, the zoom lens that's taller than I am. Yeah, and the production <laughs> team is small and it's like yeah, also exactly. visual, like visible in the documentary. And mm. Yeah, you, you see, see the, the cameramans and you see everything kind of. Yeah, they have the kind of obligatory round table shot where they're discussing how in the world are we going to film this and we have to do this and you be there, Bob. Like, yeah. yeah. And so I wouldn't say that Free Solo's filming techniques are right, yeah. unique. I think they're more difficult. So I don't know how much that's going to play into things. Yeah, I agree. This is not to bash Free Solo either. <laughs> no, like, and I think that the story that Free Solo was telling was also unique. Like, in the sense of Mr. Rogers is a unique man to watch, I think. The climber in Free Solo would mirror several climbers, but the story and the angle that they took on him, really trying to figure out why the hell he would do this, using his girlfriend as arguably another main character, and really going into the ethics of the filming, I found all of that very unique for a sports documentary as well. Yeah. No, I did really enjoy it. It was just... Yeah, wholesome. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, if you don't want to feel scared, you just want to feel kind of loved and happy, then watch this. If If you want to feel scared, then watch Free Solo. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the mood... If you're in the mood for a hug... Mm, watch yeah. won't you be my neighbor yeah. yeah if you're on your period and you want to just be rocked gently side to side yeah and watch. have a good cry yeah. yeah 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 if you're losing faith in humanity as we all are yeah, yeah. watch no, that's true watch won't you be my neighbor if you want your moral compass realigned exactly because yeah. we're in the documentaries i started to watch the feminist documentary on netflix feminist what the hell were they thinking mm-hmm. i think it's its name it has jane fonda in it i started watching it in bed in the evening it is very traditional it it seems interesting but it doesn't really tell anything new than it seems to be like every other documentary on women's equality and everything mm. so i fell asleep halfway i should <laughs> watch them thing mm. but i i'm not expecting it to make any kind of like amazing 
end conclusion because they are still talking about they are going the same linear they're talking they talked about the suffrage and then they talked about the first wave and a bit of a second wave and now yeah. they're talking about that now we're living in the fourth wave or third wave i don't even remember which <laughs> wave we are at there's the moment. so many waves yeah, of feminism, and, yeah but I... they showed about like footage of the women's march with the um, pink cat hats mm-hmm. which we could knit for the women's march that's <gasps> Big yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah. We should She's do that. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Which we have started to do. Because we are. If you apparently. hear clacking in some of the podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> we're cool. <laughs> we're cool students in Amsterdam knitting on a. Is it a Saturday? No, it's Sunday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Anna has discovered that knitting on a bus is a great way to not. For weirdos to avoid you and not sit next to you or talk to you on the bus. Just knit. Because yeah, then you're the weirdo on the bus. Yeah, they True. will look at you, but they will not sit next to you. Which is... Maybe because you have sharp book. needles in your hand. <laughs> yeah, but I don't look... <laughs> I hope I don't look like I wouldn't, like, stab someone with them. You are from Finland. It's very stabby yeah. nation. Yeah. <laughs> As we've learned. Yeah. Stab, stab. <laughs> Call it knife tag. <laughs> Speaking of knives, I have been rewatching for a fun, fun essay I am writing the 2015 Scream television show from Netflix. No, wait, not from Netflix, from MTV. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but it is on Netflix. It is on Netflix, but it's not like a Netflix original, which I don't even know what that means anymore because it feels like everything is a Netflix original, so I, I don't know what they do, but that's neither here nor there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's been quite fun. It's just kind of a retelling in 2015 of the original Scream story of the 1996 slasher film. Like... The original slasher film, it's quite satirical and makes fun of its own genre, but it's got different characters and it's kind of even further updated for modern day. And I'm having a lot of fun rewatching that and just seeing how camp and funny it is to make fun of itself. I don't know, I quite like, but I would recommend it for anyone who likes the kind of slasher horror genre. It's kind of dark humor mixed with that. I just feel so bad for Noah, which... He's a character in the series. Yeah, he is. Like, poor Noah. Poor Noah. That yeah. is the theme throughout. Yeah, like, exactly. Noah. Noah is not even the main character, no, but, but poor, Noah. Like, poor Noah. Yeah. yeah, he has zero game. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Laura? My, <laughs> well, we can call it cultural, but um, the show that has restarted again this week is Riverdale. So we're halfway through season three. We're, you're, you're halfway through season three. Join me. Please don't leave me here. Like I quit it. Like I quit the series. I can't start again because it's, it's an addiction. She tried to drag me in. I did not fall for it. Well, I... Do not, do not save yourself. Oh, I won't. I, I did, there's bears in the show, apparently, yeah. now. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bears are the new issue. Yeah, Archie Andrews is living it rough is in the woods. St- is, he, is he still in the pr- like in prison? No, 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 no. He got out of prison <laughs> at the same time as they were making... The thing oh, is, well, excuse the hell out of me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, 
Well, I can't even do this quickly. This is the thing. I don't know what's going on. I've watched every episode. I read the synopsis afterwards. I Google the characters. I listen to interviews with them. And I have no idea what's going on. Why do you watch this? This is not a relaxing thing to watch, apparently. I didn't know you did this. Because the colours are pretty. (laughs) And it's also just, I'm so intrigued. Because as we kind of came up with it, it's like the writer's don't want this show anymore. They're trying their hardest to write the crappiest thing that will get off air. <laughs> and every time they do, they're like, uh, uh, bears, throw bears at it. No one will watch it if we put bears in. But then everyone's like, great, this is so unique and original and it speaks to the teen audience. More bears, please. <laughs> so. I want them to put that on their merchandise. Just more bears, please. Yeah. TM, Riverdale. I mean... Post-Oscars, when all the films are going to be crap again, we can definitely do a Riverdale podcast where we try and unpick what the hell has been going on for or, three seasons. Sensation Island. <laughs> They're casting the new group now. Or I think they even are now at the island. My fa- it will be in Finnish, but I don't think that that would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that podcast will be you trying to explain to Americans what Temptation Island is. Because you had to do this to me, and we don't don't have have it. No. I just, I don't understand how you don't have that. Yeah, don't explain it now. This will be an upcoming podcast, people. Mm. Temptation Island, the best there is. Yeah, don't Google it. Just wait. (laughs) Do you think that we're all up on our high horses with our documentaries? It's okay. (laughs) The death of culture is coming. Yeah, exactly. Laura watches Riverdale and I watch Temptation Island, which is a reality show for those who don't know what the genre even is. What's the most crap show I watch? Shadowhunters? Yeah. No, Shadowhunters is great. I stand by this this 100%. I'm sorry, but really no. Come on, it's incredible. Okay, the books... Are amazing. <laughs> the books are incredible. The television show is just abs. Like it's just. Dudes. Or the movie. Oh, the movie's way worse. The yeah. movie, like the movie, is hard I've to sit through. I've actually seen the movie. It yeah, is same. so. It is so hard to sit there. I saw it in cinemas because I read the books and I love the books and they are very dear to me and they've been part of my life for a very long time. And I went to see the Shadowhunter movie in the cinema. And it was just like someone was crumbling this thing that I loved in front of my eyes for two and a half hours. Like, <laughs> just slowly. It was like someone burned it and then just crumbled the ashes before me. But it what's was... great about Riverdale is there's nothing to destroy because no one knows what the fuck's going on. Well, yeah, there is because they're based on the Archie comics. But not really. And so, there, no, there's there all these... bears like... in the Archie comics? <laughs> no, that's the thing. So it's all these poor people in, like, their mid-30s who thought this would be a cool, like, way to remake Archie comics. And they're like, what's happening? But, what, but what bears! What is this? It's just like, I... Bears! <laughs> Well, they are in the woods, so it makes kind of sense. The thing is, we're going to have to stop because pretty soon we'll be talking about Riverdale and Shadowhunters for longer than we talked about this lovely, lovely man, Mr. Rogers. True, sorry, (laughs) R.I.P. Mr. Rogers, but also I'm so excited to talk about Riverdale on a different day. All right, then. And on that bombshell and cliffhanger, (laughs) bye. Bye.